0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Look Who's Talking Mao. I am your host, Chris Mowry, and I have my first returning guest, Eric Davis, on today uh, to dig into the NBA draft and a bit of the offseason. But first, you got a chance to do something pretty cool. You actually attended the NBA draft.
1: Yeah, that is pretty crazy. It's like, really, that's a real dream of mine to be able to attend a draft. And the NBA draft was interesting because, like, the NFL draft, which is probably my, my favorite of them and, th- and the biggest thing for me, but it has just gotten so humongous. Yeah. Where it's almost just like, God, you, you see these shots of like Philadelphia or Dallas, there's like 100,000 people there or whatever. I'll yeah. tell you, that was not like that in Brooklyn. <laughs> I guess like I have to go back to say why I ended up being able to do this because it just it worked out so, so perfectly. Yeah. Why was, why, uh, what were you doing out there? So um, as you may know, I, I play in the band Hembry. And uh, we had this opportunity to play this really, really cool um, kind of Kansas City showcase in New York, which is, yeah, I think it's great because a lot of these the sh- uh, shows, themes, kind of Kansas City related. Mm-hmm. So um, that was um, – it really ties in pretty well to this, I yeah. think. <laughs> Um, it was the uh, the, K- the KC Area Developmental Council. They brought us out to New York to do this kind of like, well, New Yorkers, you're not coming to Kansas City, so we're bringing Kansas City to you. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And um, it was this really cool event in Manhattan where they had c- catered by Corvino, Kansas City restaurant. Uh, Boulevard was you know pouring beer all night. I got to meet the head brewmaster there, and he was one of the coolest dudes ever. <laughs> nice. um, so it was this really cool event, and it was mostly just like press out there, you know. Like some really, you know, like I think New York Times was out there and some big mm. food magazines, and it was just this huge, like, hey, check out how awesome this city is, sort of party. And it was, I thought it was a huge success, so so we were able to fly out there just for that one gig. Cool. And um, we thought maybe we might have something, maybe another show the next day, but then that kind of didn't work out. And so what happened was uh, Isaac and Garrett, the married dudes in Hembray, they went <laughs> back home, obviously, and then. Then uh, me and the Noise Boys, Alex and Austin, we uh, we stuck around to have you know a nice day. Right. And I was kind of like bummed out. I was like, man, I'm going to miss the NBA draft because I'm in New York. And then I had this crazy epiphany like, oh, my God, the NBA draft is in New York. <laughs> 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 and not only that, it was a mile away from where I was staying. Nice. So well
0: I was – Right there.
1: So I was kind of bummed out a little bit because I was like, like well – Alex and Austin, they really don't have any interest in sports. No. And they're not going to want to spend their day night in New York sitting through a draft because it's like the, the, the nerdiest thing you could ever do. It's super nerdy. That's why I, mean, I love it. I mean, if it, was like <laughs> a, like, if it was like a comic book convention, they would have been there. Right. But they're not about sports. Everybody's got to have their thing they geek out on. We got sports. Right. not Not their thing. So I was kind of like bummed out. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to really go to that by myself. So one of Isaac's friends who we know who lives in New York – I was telling him that I was like, because I knew he's a big basketball fan, and he's like, "Oh well, I have an extra ticket." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, <laughs> "Wait, what? what? You <laughs> have an extra?" So um, I ended up, you know, meeting up with him the next night. I, I walked down from where I was staying, to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and uh, we ended up just going to the draft, and it was such a cool experience because to me it kind of felt like maybe like how the NBA might have been, um, excuse me, how the NFL draft might have been like. 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. like the place wasn't even full yeah like and then you know by the by the time the uh, the knicks picked you know the place was half empty yeah too it was mostly the thing that's was crazy was brooklyn nets stadium and barkley center but right. it was mostly knicks fans right um but yeah that was but yeah that was just such a cool experience something i was so glad to do um and then yeah speaking of those knicks fans best experience of that night was definitely the um the Knicks fans booing Kevin Knox. That was the, your favorite part. Oh my god! Well, it was <laughs> it was my favorite part because it was insane. Because if they would have, because I don't know if, if you guys were following this, really the big sto- one of the big stories of the draft was Michael Porter Jr., who's you know played at Mizzou, or in quotation marks played, played at Mizzou. At zoo, yep. He was hurt most of the year. His medicals weren't great, so he kept on dropping pick after pick, and everyone was going, "Okay, who's going to pick Porter? Who's going to pick Porter?" And throughout the night. The Knicks fans are just chanting, w- you know, we want Porter, we <laughs> want Porter. All night, they're yeah. chanting this. And then it gets to the Knicks pick, and they pick Kevin Knox from Kentucky, and they all lost their minds. Like, it was so loud. I don't know if I've ever, like, felt that kind of, like, group rage before. <laughs> it was really, it was spectacular. They were just pissed, which was but the funny thing to me, though, was like, wait, You've never even seen Michael Porter play basketball. Right. Like, are you kidding me? He played three games in college at Mizzou. He played in high school. Like, maybe you've seen some of his high school. Like, you don't even know who this guy is or what he's capable of, yet you are furious yeah.
0: that your team didn't pick him. Well, they were also furious that they picked Porzingis. Exactly. And that was that was something that drove me crazy on the telecast. They kept cutting to the Porzingis kid mm-hmm. who was wearing Porgy- Porzingis jerseys, yeah. him and his dad now. And it was like, okay, that's... Annoying, and then <laughs> as soon as they announced Kevin Knox, they both were like upset, and it's like
1: <laughs> you guys. Well, it's like this is a good sign, if anything, yes. right? But I have to say though, the the, the New York fans—I don't know if, uh, how they overlap necessarily in sports. I've always heard it's um, Jets, Nets, Mets, Islanders, right, and then um, Giants, um, Yankees, Rangers, and Knicks.
0: I think it it fluctuates a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah, just depending, but depending on the family and where exactly you might have lived in a few different places in New York.
1: Because one of my favorite New York booing was, um, was when they booed when they didn't take Warren Sapp and they picked the tight end Kyle Brady and they were a hundred percent right about that one. Yeah. But they were a hundred percent wrong on Porzingis. hundred percent, which is I
0: think they're probably wrong about Kevin Knox too. And also yeah. did they, have they not been paying it, They're going to the draft, but apparently they didn't pay attention to earlier in that day when Kevin Knox revealed that he was going to the Knicks.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was interesting about that. There was a lot of people who did not really know what was going on there. Like, um, I mean, the other big storyline was probably the Doncic uh, Trey Young trade, and there was a lot of people in there who just did not know that that happened. That they were still thought that Doncic was going to Atlanta and Trey Young were like people liked being like, "Man, I can't believe Dallas picked Trey Young," and it was like, you know, we're at, we're almost out of the lottery at this point. Yeah. It's like, no, they even announced it. Like, yeah, really? Because there was there was clearly. Two two camps in this draft, hardcore basketball nerds, yep, and then just I don't know people who are I don't know New Yorkers who wanted to yell at something. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 it was a really really cool experience. I'm not sure if I would do it again. I'm glad I got that one experience because probably the television broadcast is better. Just because you're
0: getting mo- a little bit more information and not like scrolling through your phone to find stuff out. <laughs> That's
1: exactly what I was on my phone the whole time because, like, the the stadium, the coverage of it in the stadium was just a joke. Like, but they'd pick the player and announce the pick. That was really cool to see that. And then instead of like showing highlights and talking about film or what this player's going to add to these teams, it'd be like, all right, we're doing the dance cam now. It's like, all right, now we're making, doing the funny face cam now. And it's just kind of like, for the half the people that were like there because, like me, were are just these huge sports nerds, just like just rolling your eyes. Like they, they had their like social media expert on it who was just reading players' tweets and stuff like that. Oh God. And I feel like I really actually missed a lot of the draft experience I love, which is just the massive amount of useless information. Yep. Which just, I don't know what, for every reason, just drives me as a human being is I just need to consume all of the sports information. And I was kind of lacking that. But what was really cool was I was sitting with some uh, Grizzlies fans and getting to learn about their team. My, my buddy who I went with is a huge Dallas Mavericks fan. And, man, the whole day he was just like, oh, I hope we get Donchick. Oh, I hope we get Donchick. Yep. Like, we're not going to get him. There's no way we're going to get him. And then just his, like, ecstasy when the trade went through yeah. was really, really cool to be a part of that. And I'm really glad I got to experience that. So,
0: <laughs> whenever I'm watching drafts, I'm usually not watching it with anybody that gives a shit. Yeah, me So, too. <laughs> it's like, my my draft experience this year was I had my laptop going with the Ringers um, draft watch parties. Just, like, hearing all of their reactions, like Bill Simmons and all those guys talking about what's going on. And they're announcing picks before ESPN is because they're pulling it off of Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter and Mark Stein's Twitter. <laughs> so, they'll... Tell you what the pick is, and then ESPN hasn't even done it yet.
1: No, I'm jealous of. That. I'm kind of jealous of that <laughs> experience because I wish I had that. I had my phone, but internet was kind of slow there. Yeah, I was up my my sites, hoops, hypes. Yeah, like hoops uh, hype too. Yeah, there. Yeah, that was a, a really, really. Um, so that I was getting all the information on there. I was like the god of information. I don't know people. I guess they didn't have cell phones or something, because <laughs> I was the. I was watching, you know, the trades and things like that that were happening, and um. And nobody else and I was just like telling everyone in my section what was happening because really just at the at the Barkley Center it was just not great coverage like they didn't nope like they didn't really announce the Trey Young uh, Luka Doncic tr- trade until way after it happened yeah so they d- w-
0: they kind of do that too they the mm-hmm. league office I guess has to go through it and then accept the trade that's the worst part of the
1: NBA draft yeah like in the NFL draft the drama is so much better because. You trade for the pick before the pick is made. Yeah, and it adds that extra l- intrigue to it. I think. Whereas you're the like, NBA well, who draft, are they going to take here? Yeah, it's kind of deflating. Like, I don't. One of my least favorite thing about the NBA draft is seeing one of the basketball players go up on stage wearing the hat of a team that they know and we all know they're never going to play a game for. Yeah, and that just kind of it just ruins the whole thing for me a little bit. Not not the whole thing, but a lot of it, and a lot of the suspense and the drama and the and the build up to that. And I wish. They would change that kind of yeah. the way they kind of changed how they got rid of tipping picks, which I think I like that. I'm a big fan of that. I know some people hate it, but I just love the the suspense and the drama behind it. And I feel like that a lot of that gets can get lost for tipping picks or for having the trades go through way later. Later, yep. Where and then it just gets confusing to where you're like, I don't know who plays for who. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of the times, yeah. and it's hard to keep straight.
0: So I was confused because I heard somebody say that. Uh, Antetokounmpo's brother is playing for the Mavs. And I'm like, when did that happen? I could have sworn he was drafted by the Sixers, which he was, but that was involved in a trade. So it was like I got very confused on a few players on where they were going and got excited because I was like, oh, that's a really good pick for them. And then turns out it's not. Well, it's <laughs> the problem is the
1: 76ers <laughs> are good now, and they don't have room on their roster for five rookies anymore. And that's like, yeah, and that's the issue. Where it's like they have no – I mean, I guess they could – Stash some guys overseas and things like that. But that's just the thing, like within the NFL draft, is you know, those players, most of those players are going to make the team. Right. They're just going to be on the team because there's more spots. Where in the NBA, it's like you got like 15 spots on your team. So there's just not room for everybody, like adding, you know, two new rookies. And we haven't even had free agency yet. So it is a very. um, Next week. Yeah, I cannot wait for (laughs) for that. Oh Um, my gosh.
0: I can't believe just how much of a year round sport basketball has really become because. Next week is free agency starts and summer league starts.
1: Yeah. Summer league for me is, I f- feel like one of the most underrated things in all of sports. Yeah. Like it's of uh, infinitely more interesting than like preseason games so are much more interesting um, because you really learn a lot about these guys in this league. Um, so, you know, we, we play fantasy basketball uh, and, and I picked Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum and, Killed with those guys this year because I watched Summer League and I could see that it was like, oh, these guys are ready to play right now. Yeah, it's not foolproof. I mean, there will be sometimes like Emmanuel Mudiay like went off one year and didn't really live up to it. I mean, yes, yeah. he looks like he's kind of improving now. Yeah, but like um, Knicks fans hope so for sure. Oh yeah, that could be. I mean, I he could be just developing slowly. But like he had a great Summer League and didn't really make anything of it that season. But like if you watched Summer League last year, you knew about Donovan Mitchell. You knew Kyle Kuzma was going to be a better rookie than Lonzo Ball. You knew Jason Tatum was going to be an instant star, like that. W- you could just see those things and watch those things unfolding before your eyes, and that. W- and I cannot wait to see this year, um, to see to see who really stands out, because it's almost as significant to me as the draft is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I enjoy summer league a lot, and n- they're televising a ton of it this year. So it's going to be on ESPN and NBA TV. Um, it's gonna be on a lot of different things. Uh, I think it's all in Vegas this year, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I believe okay. so. All and all, thirty teams, or I think all thirty teams have all teams 30 now. Teams. Yeah, well that's fucking crazy. Um, they need to do that with um, the G League. Like every team needs to have a G League affiliate. I
1: think they're close now. Yeah, I'm there. I think they might only have a few left. Like they just, um, they're getting really, really close. They're moving that direction. I just honestly, I, I love what the NBA is doing and in th- in the direction their league is moving in. It's kind of funny. Another thing about being in New York was uh, listening to New Yorkers uh, boo Adam Silver, the commissioner, and being like, why Why are you <laughs> booing him? Like, he's done, not, he's done everything right. He's the best commissioner in all sports. And it's just like, well, you're just New Yorkers, and you just want to boo somebody. You're just mad about, everything. I don't know, how much rent you're paying or something <laughs> like that to live in, you know, a box. Yeah. This is the funny thing about New York is, like, it was was great. Our trip there was awesome, but we went there back in November, Mm -hmm. and we were staying with a friend who had a really small place, and it was, like, the whole band was staying in his place, and it was, like, zero degrees outside. I was just like, okay, fuck this city. (laughs) This is the worst city in the world. It was just dirty and cold and miserable. And then I go back there in, like, the summer, and it's 80 degrees and sunny. I'm staying in a really nice part of town. I'm just like, gosh, this is the best city in the world. It was just such an interesting experience in, in that way. Right. A- and yeah, that and was just around, yeah, around like hip Brooklyners. And then you go to the NBA draft and then you're like, okay, here's your here's, here's your angry New, New, York. New Yorkers. <laughs> just some, you know, some fat guy just like, hey, f- fuck you, Adam Silver. <laughs> he does like <laughs> doesn't even know who he is. And just like I don't like I oh. don't like
0: you and I don't like a face.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kevin Knox, <laughs> more like Kevin Cox. I don't know. <laughs> and you're just like, what is the, what is wrong with you people? Like it's I don't too many people all around each other e- all at the same time. I guess so. I guess that that must be just it. Get sick of everybody. But yeah, that was uh, that was just a really really cool experience though to be around. I mean, because I don't know, I've, I don't think I've ever been to a New York sporting event or anything mm-hmm. like that. I've never seen the, the Knicks. Uh, Yankees or anything like that. That's something I would love to do in the future. Yeah.
0: Go to like Yankee Stadium or something. But tickets are mm.
1: outrageous. Oh, that's what I hear. Yeah, the the Knicks games. My friend who who lives up there was saying he was like he's goes to Brooklyn Nets games because they're just cheaper, um, a million times cheaper. <laughs> it's like Knicks, and, g- and he's you know he's got you know a little bit of money. So yeah. that was like really that surprises me. But now that is that is too bad. I'm like, who are these people who are living in these amazing apartments in New York City and going? And getting these, like, courtside Knicks tickets to watch this horrible team play basketball. It's the I same the
0: Same question I have about the high-rises that are going into Kansas City. I'm like, who's living in these?
1: Yeah, it's like how <laughs> – I mean, it's like – I don't doubt that, like, a few people can live in these. But yeah. when you're there's so many of these, I'm like, right. how are there this many people <laughs> who can live in these places and and live this way? And it just it – blows, it blows my mind. Yeah, that's wild.
0: Let's uh let's do let's maybe like run through the top ten and then we can kind oh of yeah. touch on some of the yeah, I'd some love of the to. stuff that we like. Um so DeAndre Ayton went number one. What'd you uh, would you think about that? I think I think they should have gone Doncic, but I think Doncic was the best player in the
1: draft. I mean, that's just always interesting because I feel like more than any any other draft in any other league, basketball is so much about ceiling. hmm And DeAndre Ayton clearly has the highest ceiling yeah. of all the prospects. I think that's pretty unanimously agreed upon, that Doncic I- is, while he's like sensational to watch and his basketball instincts are just through the roof, he does not have that athletic upside of a guy like DeAndre Ayton, which honestly, though, when you look at past NBA drafts and look at who gets taken and how many misses there are, mm-hmm. Picking a guy who's a safe bet isn't a terrible solution. And him and Devin Booker in that backcourt could have been really, really fun. But I get it. I totally get the eight and pick. They need a big man bad. He's got an incredibly high ceiling. They have the time to develop him and have him grow with their players. I mean, I think it's one of the more unexciting number one picks. Yeah. Because, I mean, he has some flaws in his game for sure. I mean, his offensive game looks really, really good. But he's soft. Yeah, he's soft. Like I think there's no way around it. He's soft on defense. Um, I mean, he's got he's got a little bit of. Fin- he's seven foot one, two hundred fifty pounds, and he almost plays like a little bit f- like finesse sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's strange to me. Yeah,
0: they were saying that one of his comps is like he's like Boogie Cousins. I'm like he wishes he was Boogie Cousins. Like oh no, he's <laughs> I'm no. Like, I, that's I'm like Boogie just completely dominates the board and is like if he's down low, you he's gonna score on you. Like I just yep. don't think Aiton has those skills. I, kn- I know we're saying this as, like Demarcus Cousins has been in the league for a while, but oh, I um, mean, uh,
1: but I mean, Demarcus Cousins coming out of school, I mean, he was he was a nightmare, and I don't really yeah. feel that way about DeAndre Aiton. He almost to me like He's I
0: impressive I for sure. His physique is very impressive, and feel like size. it's
1: almost like Andrew Wiggins, where it's kind of like a lot of the hype is about the athleticism and, and the where potential it could be yeah, yeah, where it could be where and, and Andrew Wiggins was productive in college but he wasn't a very to me I was like okay he's going to be fine yeah but a lot of people were saying oh he's like going to be Kobe Bryant it's like you've never <laughs> seen this guy <laughs> play either of these people play obviously it's like maybe physically they're similar that's the thing people are comparing Aiden to Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid had that great tweet about it where he didn't he didn't take kindly to that comparison and yeah. I thought he was 100% right yeah he's
0: like I actually play defense
1: I mean all they thought is oh uh <laughs> Um, plus seven-foot player who shoots threes, who can shoot a three. Like, that's that's it. Yeah, that's not really a, a comp. It was more of a just like, oh, these guys look similar. But, no, I do see where <laughs> you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from where Donchick would have been an interesting number one pick. Absolutely. I think he was the safest player in the entire draft. There's just no way he's going to, going to fail. And, I mean, we, we've got this on record right now. Yeah. And I think – almost anybody would say that that if he is anything less than an average NBA player they would be shocked. Yeah. He's just too talented. He's too smart. I mean like if he's I mean worst case scenario like Ricky Rubio, big, he's bigger. And
0: yeah, but he's that's a competent NBA player. That's yeah.
1: that's solid. Been around for 10 years. I yeah. mean that's wor- that I feel like that that just could not possibly be worse than that.
0: No. Um uh who do we Okay, so Aiton was number one. Uh, Bagley. And then Bagley to the Kings.
1: Well, that was an interesting one because I thought that that was – I mean, that was one that was, I think, as much of an obvious pick as Aiton number one was because if you really were doing your homework, you realize that the um, Marvin Bagley was the only top prospect who gave his medicals to the Kings mm-hmm. and the only one who actually expressed any interest at all or meet with them about playing for the Kings. Right, And he's also – you know, that's a big man who has some offensive game is their biggest need, too. Yeah,
0: they need some offense.
1: Which I think the NBA draft is definitely not about drafting for need, but just the fit there was just too perfect. They He wants to be there, and that's all that really matters to them to is them, he's going to yeah. play there. Or I do feel like if Doncic would have expressed a lot of interest in playing for the Kings, I, they might have picked him. Yeah. Because uh, he is a superior prospect, in, in my mind. Um, because they, they both... They both don't have the crazy ceiling of DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. They might both be better players in the long run, but they just don't have that same potential. So, no, I that was, uh, that was what was kind of tough about this draft, was there was no suspense at one and two. No. There was no interest. Everybody, for days leading up to the draft, knew it was going to be Ayton, and then it was going to be Bagley. And the then the, the interest kind of starts at number three.
0: Right, exactly. Um, b- with Bagley, I think that maybe people are underrating him just, uh, just a tad, because uh, he was uh really good in college and he was also playing in like the Drew League last year when he's a high school player and competing against NBA players in the Drew League. So oh, it's like uh I think he's gonna be all right and I think he's gonna do he's gonna t- serve the role that the Kings need him to. It's just like we're gonna give you the ball and you're gonna put the ball in the hole.
1: Yeah, I think once <laughs> again I think he's just a very safe pick as well. Yeah. It's not a very sexy pick in, in my mind. It's just like okay, he's the solid big man who played for Duke and Duke just isn't I just don't think Duke's very sometimes very exciting for a lot of people Um, and a lot of the players that come out of there I mean like I don't think Jason Tatum was an exciting player when he played at Duke and then you look at him he was a he's a much more exciting player in the NBA in Brad Stevens offense and Mm. I mean that's another thing to go back to is uh, gosh so much about the draft is not about the player but the situation they go into. And that's the thing about, you know, d- uh, you hear so many things about how the Phoenix Suns are just an incompetent front, front office. And that's going to really hurt DeAndre Ayton or the, the Sacramento Kings, how many mistakes they've made. You know, that's a makes it a lot harder for Bagley to succeed. And then you kind of get down to, you know, when a team like the Boston Celtics has the number three pick and can take a top prospect. Well it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> they're playing for a world-class organization yeah. and a world-class coach. So I mean that's something to look out for with 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 Bagley and with Aiton. Even though I think they seem like really good prospects, you know the situations aren't aren't desirable. The Bagley in Sacramento that's just such a good fit.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's such I a think good that's fit. gonna work out. And people were like kind of complaining and they're like, well they have a bunch of bigs. I'm like, but none of them have like no. shown to be. Oh no, like that's Willie Culley Stein is fine defensively, but
1: other than that, what do you have there? They're like they have no big men who yeah. can score. Yeah, that's just the problem is they need. Somebody who can, you know, be down by the by the rim and can score points, and you know he's he's got a really complete offensive game, too. He's exactly what they need. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna start for them right away, and I think he's gonna be productive. But that's why I'm so excited about watching summer league. Is we're gonna have a really good idea on on how good he is. Pretty very quick. quickly, as if he's going down, and I think he's gonna be really good in summer league. I would expect him to because I mean, you look at this guy. I mean. He was, you know, putting up thirty and ten versus Virginia. Right. And some teams didn't even score thirty points against Virginia. So he he can he knows how to play basketball at a high level already. And that's why I'm I'm really interested in that pick. And I just think him and Deere and Fox are gonna be a great are gonna be a great team together.
0: Yeah, with them running pick and rolls and stuff, it'll be good. Uh, but they g- the Kings, they are just so horribly run in the fact that I'm looking at their their big rotation, and I'm like, and they're going to be playing Zach Randolph and Costa Cufas for some reason. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like those guys don't need to be there. You need to like play these young guys and let them learn because you're not going to be good. So you might as well play them and have them get experience.
1: Yeah, that is always such a tough question where it's like, can the player learn more by you know watching and no, you know not being overwhelmed? And I think yeah, if you know if the Kings would have picked a more raw prospect like Mobamba. Maybe, but when you're looking at a guy like Marvin Bagley, it's like he's ready. Yeah. He he played at Duke, but against top level of competition. Mm-hmm. He's ready to step. I think if they played a game next week, you just put He'd him out on the court be playing, and yeah. he's gonna and he's gonna be able to hold his own. I think he'll be better in a few months. But I would be shocked if he was not a day one starter.
0: Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more about the guys that they already have on their roster mm-hmm. that aren't getting playing time, like a Sky LeBissier or a Harry Giles. I know he just redshirted all last year, but everybody says he's looked good in practice. Hmm. So him, like, where is the playing time? Like, I just don't s- – there's no playing time for these guys, and I'm just confused on where wher their head's at. Like,
1: I mean, I think a lot of people said that about the Philadelphia 76ers a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, this true. the Kings do not have the, the same talent that the no. 76ers possessed. But when you look at Julia Okafor, Nerlens Noel, Joel Embiid, all on the same team, where it was there was definitely a logjam there, and they, d- and they eventually unloaded Okafor and, and Noel eventually, um, where I think I can see a similar thing like that. Whereas I think especially with the NBA draft, it's like we're going to pick the best guy, and we're going to sort out everything else later. It's just going to work itself out. And I feel like that that's been the situation that's worked the best. Because, I mean, we look at the Boston Celtics and the logjam they have at the wing position. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you've got Gordon Hayward. You've got Jalen Brown. You've got Jason Tatum. You're like, how are these guys going to all play together? And, you know, Hayward goes down first game of the year. And it's like, oh, thank God we have we all drafted these, other guys. these other guys right now. And that's just I, I think that's just that's just the nature of, of the game.
0: I, I think we probably spent the longest on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, oh, yeah. Any podcast <laughs> I've listened to <laughs> lately has. Uh, but speaking of which, everybody needs to check out uh, Sacramento Kings Anthem by Hobo
1: Johnson. Oh, I love that. Yeah. he said like, that to me the other night. Yeah. I ended up like listening to a lot of his other stuff and I, I actually really dig him.
0: He's Yeah, he's kind of an interesting guy. It's like the first couple of times I listened to it, I was like, I don't know if I like this and then i like l- a few more times i was like okay i i um, it's growing on me and when i saw that that specific sacramento kings thing was really really funny
1: i mean his emotion is just so real yeah. and just so relatable or i just feel like so much music is just so much bullshit and he's just so straight to the point and so honest i would yeah highly recommend checking out his stuff i i really really like the one about like how he wants a record deal yeah and it's like okay, every it's like <laughs> what every musician is thinking, yeah. But nobody's gonna go out flat out and just say it because it's like I couldn't just write a song like that; it'd be stupid. And he's like, "Watch me," and it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, exactly. He just straight up just said everything what you're thinking, and it's just like wow, it's just it's like almost like a um, a blend between hip hop and stand up comedy a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, the way he relates and the way he emotes, I yeah, I thought that was f- I thought that was fantastic. I'd highly recommend checking out that video for the. For the Kings,
0: yeah, it was so funny. I was, I was, I like, I watched it like eight times in a row. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, this is when the draft gets interesting. At number three, the Atlanta Hawks select Luka Doncic, and then trade him to the Dallas Mavericks for Trey Young.
1: Here is my thing about that pick: is look, the Hawks like, why don't you just keep Doncic? Is that like so crazy? Yeah. I, well, I guess.
0: They did get a another pick out of it. They get a top yep. five protected pick uh, from Dallas for next year, which will probably convey next year. I would think that the Mavs would be good enough to Oh yeah, the pick uh, out Mavs are of the top five. top five. Yeah. yeah so um, you'll get a you'll get a pick somewhere outside of ma- probably a lottery pick, if we're thinking about it, or end of the lottery if they somehow make the playoffs next year, depending on what else they do. Um and you get you just gained another asset, and you got the guy you wanted, which was Trey Young.
1: I just I just think that Doncic such a superior prospect to Trey Young. Yep. And for some, you know, we're you know our teams are in the Big Twelve. I watched a lot of Trey Young last year, and just like the comparisons to Steph Curry, I just think are so lazy. Yeah,
0: and I don't think it's they're it's so lazy. I don't think it's accurate either because no. the last he's shorter, um, he doesn't have the ball handling ability, G- nowhere close, and he. Got shut down the l- like last half of the year. Like he, he was not scoring the same. His
1: shot selection was just atrocious. I mean, they just gave him green light go. And I that was definitely part of that had to do with that he played on a crappy team, Oklahoma, w- with with a crappy coach. Yep. And I think that that he got schemed out of games really quickly. And I think in an NBA team, you'd hope he wouldn't have. He's not gonna have to carry the team like he did in Oklahoma. Right. But I just, just with him, I mean, he might be great. I just I see I mean I could be totally wrong about this but I just see Doncic as such a superior prospect where you're like okay he's 19 years old he's uh, 6 foot 8 he's got incredible ball handling he's got better court vision Trey Young handed to him he's got phenomenal court vision yeah that's my favorite part of his game is he's made some fantastic passes but I just see Doncic as a player who's just you keep the pick you you just keep Doncic I think he's uh, I he's that so special too. of a player and the Mavs just got a total steal there, only giving up a first-round pick that's top-five protected. I think they're going to be really good. I mean, I mean not really good, but I think they're going to be really interesting next year. I just love the way he fits with uh, with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and I just think they just they just I think you make that trade yep. over and over and over again. And, I and think we'll see. I th- we'll think see with th- Trey Young.
0: Yeah, and I think it. I think it just makes the. Them getting another pick, I think, just makes sense for the Hawks because they're going to be true. they're going to be bad for a little while, um, and so gaining assets is you do it if you can gain assets, you pretty much take it.
1: And then they pick Kevin Horder in the later in the draft, and it's like, okay, he's the, like kind of like Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson comp, yep. and the guy from Atlanta is from Golden State, and it's like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yep. I mean, maybe they're just committing. Yeah, Travis,
0: Travis Schlenk, uh, and then they take Amari Spellman later in the draft, which is. He's a big that can shoot. He's probably the second best shooting big in the draft.
1: It feels a little bit like um, when Scott Pioli came to the Chiefs and just started to try to like recreate New England mm-hmm. a little bit with Atlanta. Yeah. Or I'm just kind of like, oh, you're just like kind of getting like, oh, we've got Matt Castle. Like he's gonna be a poor man's Tom Brady, and you know that just that sort of that's what it kind of feels like to me. Where I just, I mean. Yeah, I think that they they have so much work to do. Yeah, it, I mean I it's going like to t- take quite a while. But I mean they're going to be a potential for a number one pick next year. I think they they're going to be in that running, in my opinion. I mean especially if they're going to get rid of Dennis Trader, which it sounds like which is what they want to do.
0: Yep. Which I also have a question about later.
1: Ooh, can't <laughs>
0: wait. Um, yeah. So and then uh in between in between the three and five, uh number four Jaron Jackson Jr. goes to, um.
1: The Memphis Grizzlies, which which was so fun because I was sitting with a bunch of Grizzlies fans, yeah, and I and I love that. Uh, going back to the Chiefs comparison, is they the Memphis Grizzlies are a little bit like the Kansas City Chiefs of basketball, where they're they're pretty overlooked. Nobody really thinks about the Grizzlies very often. I mean, they're they're always they're never bad necessarily, except for this year. This year they were pretty bad, but like they're <laughs> rarely bad. They're but they're never very good. They just kind of are there. Like they're never bad enough to really get like a top top pick. Yep. And when they do, they get someone like Hashim the beat. Um Ugh. which was yeah, one of the worst draft picks in the history of the NBA. And then they go and they make this the maybe the the one of the more unsexy picks in Jared Jackson Junior. But I think that was just a fantastic Fantastic pick for them, and then th- they got Javon Carter later, which I just thought was just a perfect.
0: Well, yeah, they're just they Memphis pick with defense. Yeah, all defense. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. too. I think he's I gonna be. I think he's gonna be really great. A I perfect
1: think fit next to Marcus All, mm-hmm. and to take over because he's getting towards the end of his career. I thought that was just a really solid pick. I know it's funny. All the Grizzlies fans they they all wanted um they wanted Doncic, they wanted Bomb, they wanted the more sexy pick. But I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, you're talking about an 18 year old seven feet about and he can, he can shoot threes. He plays great defense already. He played for a great coach and Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just a fantastic, perfect pick for, for Memphis.
0: Yeah. And his D de- he's, he's probably the best defensive player in the draft. Uh, besides yeah. maybe Mo Bama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I mean, it, his block rate was higher than Baba's, I exactly. believe. Um, no, he's a, he's a really, really exciting pick. And even though it kind of just, it's just something about Memphis, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I think they should be, yeah. That that should be a more exciting pick for and people would should be talking about it more because I just think that was just a perfect fit, and I'm really really curious. Although I think it is a guy where he might take a little bit more time to develop and adjust his game Mm -hmm. to the NBA, whereas like Marvin Bagley, yeah, exactly. Marvin Bagley I think is going to be putting up numbers and playing good minutes right away. Jaron Jackson, I wouldn't be surprised. If we didn't see too much of him, mm-hmm. if they kind of really eased him in a little bit more, so than maybe some other teams might with their young guys,
0: and they have Jermichael Green there, yes. who was their starting power forward last year. They're just uh, so, yeah, you the know, the, it'll be fine. He'll come along, and he'll be. I think he's going to be a really good player.
1: And that's just so awesome about the NBA is we're going to see him like in two weeks.
0: Yep, some week we're,
1: g- we're going to. So many of these <laughs> questions are going to be answered. Like this podcast might not even be out. By the time <laughs> we know the answers to this, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, so here's
0: a lot of questions coming up here. Uh, number six, they take Mo. The Orlando Magic take Mo Bamba. Is that the most Orlando Magic pick ever? <laughs> yeah. Just and I'm just like I'm a little. Uh, I'm I'm like a semi Orlando Magic fan. Really? Yeah. Uh, because I was I'm a huge Vucevic fan. And oh, I knew that. Yeah, and then um, Aaron Gordon, I started really liking, and then they drafted my favorite player
1: of the, of the draft last year, Jonathan Isaac, and the worst player in my fantasy draft because I was sure Jonathan Isaac was going to be putting up huge numbers. Right, and then he just he got hurt. He got hurt, and he's you know he looks he looks solid. He knows what he's doing out there. Yeah, but I thought he was going to be putting up the numbers Aaron Gordon put up for them. Yeah, and he just didn't. No. And now He's you. He's pretty add young
0: though too, so.
1: they just the magic. They obviously they have a plan here. They want these long, tall, athletic, big men who can shoot. Oh,
0: that's so weird. I wonder where this uh, <laughs> this uh, GM might have learned some of that. Oh, that's right. He was at the Bucks, yeah. so that's where <laughs> they're doing literally the same exact thing, sort of like how Atlanta was doing. But then this now it makes it a little interesting. So their centers are, uh, you gotta assume. I would be starting Mobamba uh, but I would hope so. But I love
1: Mobamba. He might yeah. be my favorite player in the whole draft. Honestly just like personally and just like watching his interviews and his He's game. He's very very smart. I watched I got to see a good amount of Texas games and I just I really like and I really respect his game where people are talking about the DeAndre eight to Joel Embiid comparisons like okay, I really feel like Mobamba would would be a better comparison because his I mean we talk about upside, a 7 foot 10 wingspan I mean, I know he didn't have quite the production, but when we talk about a draft that's just so reliant on upside, mm. I mean, he's really, really up there. Yeah. When are talking about a guy like that who can shoot and has a really just a world of potential, I mean, that's what I liked about – I liked this pick for Orlando because it would have made sense for them to say, hey, we need a point guard more than anything. Yeah. That is our biggest need by far, but we're going to pick – the best guy and the guy who fits the way we play basketball the best so I'm happy for him that he ended up in that situation I would have loved it though if he went to a bigger market where I could have seen him more I think I would have I was really kind of secretly hoping he was going to maybe fall to the Chicago Bulls oh okay that was kind of my hope was I really wanted to see I wanted to see him there and see like the Magic do stupid like something stupid like take a Gilgis Alexander or something like that which I I like him as a player but at that spot would have been terrible yeah but um, they were smart, and they stuck to their guns, and they, they made a great pick.
0: So they take Mo. So now they're, they're sinners that they're paying an awful lot of money to. Uh, Mo Bamba, Nikola Vucevic, and Bismack Biambo. Yeah. You're not going to be able to trade Biambo because he makes way too much money for very little production. But it's I still feel Terrible I signing. S- right, exactly. And I still feel like Vucevic is like one of the most underrated players
1: in the league. I mean, you could but trade Vucevic and get something pretty good. Do you think you could get Dennis Schroeder? I mean, I you'd have you have to get something. Honestly, no, because I think Vucevic is is more valuable than I don't know Schroeder Schrader. Uh, then we need to we need to f- someone needs to straighten us out here <laughs> on how to say his name because <laughs> you hear all the things like he's got all the off the court issues. And but there's did a lot he really though, or, or
0: did he that's just that's get fed up here with it,
1: with Atlanta and just didn't want to do it? That I mean that you know that's yeah. those are rumors. Yeah, those are rumors. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that he's. I have heard though that a lot of teams are unwilling to take him on, more so than his talent would maybe indicate, that that he should be a hotter commodity. But teams kind of steer clear of him, and that makes me wonder if maybe there's more stuff we don't know about c- about him. That's but that w- that's an unfair assumption to make. Yeah, I think Vucevic is is he's more of a valuable, proven commodity, and it would have to be some sort of three way deal for them because I just don't feel like I think Atlanta would have to give up more to get him. Yeah. And they're not really in a position to compete right now and make a deal like that, but it would be an interesting because that would fit both their needs very well. Right, because Atlanta needs a big guy. Um, Orlando needs a point guard more than any team in the league. And Vucevic
0: shot threes last year very, very well. He did, (laughs) which everybody just seems to forget, and everybody keeps talking. You need a you need a big man that could shoot, and I'm like fucking Vucevic was stroking it from three last year. Oh, yeah. His defense is his biggest thing, but th- if as long as you have other people that can cover up those.
1: He plays for Orlando, so yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares, yeah. And that's unfortunate because they, I, I love seeing these young teams and these young players that I don't get to see very often. I am I get tired of watching Golden State play every night on TV. Yeah, I do too. Or Houston or Cleveland. It's like I love – I mean, I love basketball, and I'll, I'll take what I can get. But I get excited when it's like, oh, Orlando's playing Atlanta because <laughs> yeah. that's that's how you know how much I love basketball <laughs> right. is because I want to see some of these young players that I've been following since the draft or even since college. I want to see these guys play. Yeah, and and I'm very interested in that and to see where where Orlando is gonna go after this. But I like their plan. I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see them take some step forwards because they have a plan and they're sticking to it. And they,
0: they and I like it. I I think that uh, point guard is gonna be addressed in.
1: Uh, free agency or via trade because they have to because they only who's gonna go to Orlando to play point guard though like Isaiah Thomas, that would be okay. That could be fun. That could be fun because he might want to go there because he just wants minutes.
0: He wants minutes and he and he'd have a green light because they don't have any scores.
1: Okay, I could they have Fournier. Oh, I could get into that. That's okay. That that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and then you have the defense of Isaac. Aaron Gordon, because I I feel like they're gonna I feel like they're gonna resign. I feel like they're
1: gonna resign him. Yeah, I was restricted. Hope so. No, they they definitely are. They'll I mean, just match they whatever. That just unless something blows them out of the water, but I just can't see what that would be. I can't either. There's I mean, nobody else that has
0: the money. Pa- Pacers maybe, but. Yeah. I mean,
1: and I feel like they would match up to a pretty high amount because he he looks fantastic. Still, he's still a kid. He's still he's so he's young.
0: I think he's like 20 or 21, maybe. Maybe? Yeah, that's yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. It seems
1: like he's been around for a lot longer than that. Yeah. But no, he he's got a great ceiling. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, some team goes and gives him a max deal, and you're like, for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. It happens every year though.
0: But he averaged seven- like 17 points a game this year and was shooting really well from from the three
1: point line. Oh, as long as he just keeps getting better, he was one of the most exciting young players in the game. But unfortunately, he plays for Orlando, so you never see him.
0: Right. And then we spend a lot of time talking about him. Because yeah. everybody's so interested in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in yeah. the Orlando Magic.
1: It's just so great as we have a basketball podcast right now, and we don't even we don't even talk about LeBron James. Haven't we haven't barely we mentioned we him mentioned once. St- we m- we we might mention Steph Curry to compare him to a, a draft player who we feel like was unfairly compared to. Yeah, but that's not what we talk about here. We're getting into the nitty gritty. We're getting right. into the nerdy stuff, and that's what I love about this. Yeah, that's
0: the best part. Oh, uh, definitely. So something I was I was a little bummed about. Um, was the Chicago Bulls take Wendell Carter Jr. at number seven?
1: That was really my first shock of the draft. If you remember, I'll, I'll, well, if you rem- I'm gonna never let you forget that you are the sole witness to me last year calling the first 13 picks straight in the draft.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was, <laughs> I had six straight on this one, and that Wendell Carter one just. Blew me away. I'd have been hearing reports that he was going to go higher than people thought. But I just, just Michael Porter Jr. there made a lot of sense. And we didn't see I Michael, did too. Michael. Michael Porter's medicals, we, we didn't have access to that.
0: It's probably really bad. They're
1: probably really bad. That's <laughs> because otherwise there's no other explanation for why he fell that far. I mean, every pick after that it was kind of like, okay, is this where Michael Porter goes? Is this where Michael Porter goes? Is this where Michael Porter goes? So that, but that really started in, um, in Chicago because I felt like a magic Mobamba perfect fit. I knew a little bit the Trey Young and the Donchick trade. I'd heard about that a few days ago, so that's kind of cheating. Mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson, perfect fit for Memphis, and and so on and so forth. Wendell Carter in Chicago, I think it's an interesting fit, but I don't know. Because he can
0: <laughs> space the floor a little bit, too. He's fundamentally sound. Um, they're basically just looking for a guy to put next to Markkinen, but to me, I'm playing Markkinen, Markkinen at the 5 and not the 4 like they have
1: been. I don't but think it makes sense. I think yeah. it's it's it almost it makes too much sense. Yeah. It's like I feel like they could have there was maybe some better prospects they could have taken or it's like oh they tr- are they like really going to try to win now? Maybe? No. I th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a weird fit there, but I mean he's I thought, a big man I who thought can Michael shoot, Porter
0: I, guess. I thought Michael Porter was going there uh, because I, uh, he's also yeah. one from Chicago. Yes, So he is. it makes a lot of sense it <laughs> to take him. It did make a lot him. of sense. Uh, but they didn't. So that was uh, a little surprising. Uh, and I thought if mm. if he was healthy, that's the whole deal, right? He would have made a good score next to Levine. Because Levine didn't play terrible when he came no, back. And Chris like Dunn Levine. actually played pretty well.
1: Yeah, Chris um, Dunn looked way – got some signs of life from him. He looked way better than that I thought he was going to look.
0: That team, the Chicago Bulls, they're starting to make sense. Like, that's the, the team actually starts p- playing decently, like, when you – when they were showing games on like NBA TV, and then when I was watching um, uh, League Pass this year, which I probably won't have next year, but uh, maybe. Uh mm, <laughs> let <laughs> me know if you do. Yeah. Um, th- just that team is fun to watch. Like they're sort of making sense now in that that scheme that he should have been running the whole time. He's not getting like the GM that's like, we're gonna sign Dwayne Wade and we're gonna sign Rajon Rondo, and it's he's the like the worst why? fits ever for Fred Hoiberg. Yeah
1: system. So, though, the, the Carter picket makes sense, but it was just like, man, this feels like a pick for need, mm. more so than picking the best player.
0: But see, I still I still think uh. you're probably starting Bobby Portis.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. So you I would think so, too.
0: But then, I guess, well, I guess they still have Robin Lopez. I just, I'm confused. Well, I guess Markinen's starting now. I mean I
1: none of those players have the upside Yeah. of Wendell Carter Jr., I mean, And they talk about how solid and how pro-ready he is. Mm -hmm. Although it's just funny. Maybe it's just something with – I might have a little bit of a bias of him because every time I watched him play, he didn't have a particularly good game. Right. I never saw him dominate. I know he did. So I feel like maybe I have a little bit of a bias of not watching enough of him play. I know he's a super smart guy I got accepted to Harvard. I yep. uh, had the had the best outfit in the draft for sure. Yep, kind forever. Yeah, that was that was awesome. He seems Likes like a, a cool thing. dude. Yep, and he's a good uh, and he's a good fit there. But I was a little bit that was a sh- that was a little bit of a shocker for me though. I didn't I knew he was going to go soon, but I didn't expect him to go to go to Chicago there.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he might actually go to Cleveland, which Cleveland was the next, which is the next pick.
1: And that one was one of my fi- one of my favorite players in the draft, Colin Sexton, Colin Sexton, Young Bull. Yeah,
0: I really like Colin Sexton. Um, I remember watching, I think, the Mac- McDonald's All-American game with him. Um, and he was doing – it was that's an all-star game, so hes they're doing ridiculous stuff. And he was doing some crazy, like, between-the-legs, no-look pass to the guy who's doing an alley-oop. Like, just ridiculous
1: things. I'm like, that guy's kind of interesting. I mean, he's the b- – I think he is the biggest gamer in the yeah. draft. Maybe besides – I mean, Luka Doncic, I mean, he won a European championship, so – right but just when you talk about a guy who he can won two. Get, he did you're right <laughs> he's a guy who can um, he's a guy who can get to the basket mm-hmm. and he can make offense and he can make his own shot i mean uh, the the game where he's playing and uh, his whole bench gets thrown out then a guy fouls out and a guy gets hurt and then it's 3 on 5 and he almost brings his team back to the game is one of the greatest he
0: scored like 30 or 40 or something stupid
1: yeah, it's one of the greatest things you'll ever see on YouTube in your life. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, it's in terms of sports things. If he would have won that game three on five, and he came damn close to doing it, yeah, it would have been, like, the greatest sports story ever. There would like be a movie made about it. Yeah. It was that incredible to me. And just in watching him play a lot, I mean, the one concern with him really is he's got an ugly shot. Yeah. He's got an ugly shot. I feel like that's one of the easier things to fix, though. In the NBA, that's one thing where you can, you know, technique can really help that. But still, it's a little bit concerning where his just his three is so flat, and his motion is just not very graceful. Mm -hmm. And here's the interesting thing that uh, my first thought about that is maybe it's overthinking it a little bit. If LeBron James were gonna stay in Cleveland, I don't think Colin Sexton's a very good fit there. No, really. Colin Sexton's gonna be ball dominant. He's not going to be a, sp- a spot up and shoot guy ever. He's going to be a guy who makes things happen, and what that tells me is maybe I mean I don't think anybody really knows what LeBron's going to do no. except for LeBron. I don't th- yeah. Cleveland has no idea what he's going to do. No, but to me that shows like hey we're going to make the first step to life after LeBron with this pick. That's what that really said to me is we're going to prepare like he's not coming back.
0: Yeah, because and I think I- they I th- otherwise they would have
1: traded the pick, or they would have picked somebody who would have fit in fit in nicer with him like yeah. maybe you know like a guy like um like Kevin Knox or something like that right would have been you know big long guy who can defend and can shoot play at Kentucky yeah uh, but I loved I love the Colin Sexton pick though I, I think he's just one of the most exciting players in the whole draft yeah and that I, was,
0: b- yeah. I b- I'm very high on Colin Sexton too I think he's the best point guard in the draft and yeah, the me only too. thing that throws me is you're you already have George Hill. You're paying a ridiculous amount of money. Who cares? And you already have Jordan Clarkson. Which Who? Both of these exactly. <laughs> both of these people you cannot get rid of.
1: Like it's funny, like I was sitting next to Jordan Clarkson's neighbor at the draft. Oh, really? And when he made that pick, he was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> 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 Jordan's not coming back to Cleveland." Um, but I thought that that was a, a great pick. I mean, that's just my thing. Is I think that that was totally best player available Yeah, just take there. Em. And you need to prepare, like LeBron James isn't going to be there, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we're not trading away Andrew Wiggins again. Nope. We are going to build a team of young players, and they've got some interesting young pieces for sure. And I think that they really cashed in big on that um, Kyrie Irving trade, getting somebody who has that kind of scoring potential. I mean, he's not the same kind of super prospect as Kyrie Irving, no. obviously. But – I think that that return with Colin Sexton looks a lot better than when they came out with eighth in the lottery. Yeah. That looked like, oh, man, they really lost out. But then you come back with that, and I'm like, hey, that's pretty sweet. That's a great consolation prize. Uh, and then
0: so number nine is Kevin Knox to the Knicks.
1: And then as we already covered that, that was just such a crazy moment. I actually have it on my phone Yeah. <laughs> right now, um, the, the just the people going crazy. Because, yeah, that was the thing was it was we want Porter. We want Porter the whole time. all night. And then they pick Kevin Knox. And, you know, uh, I don't know how how you feel about this, but, I mean, Kevin Knox has a very high ceiling. He's 19 years old. Does he have the same ceiling as Michael Porter Jr.?
0: Do you Mm, think? No.
1: I think Michael Porter Jr. could legitimately be a star player. Yeah. And that's why I kind of feel the New York people on this where I feel like it's like, okay, you've got a guy who could legitimately be like a superstar player and I don't see Kevin Knox as that. I see him as a much safer pick though. But we don't have the medicals though. We don't have the medicals though. <laughs> which must have been horrible. I'm sure there's like um
0: from what Brian Winhorse had said, there was several teams that were told by their doctors not to touch him at all.
1: No, yeah, back problems for a nineteen year old. I mean that's yeah. terrible. But but hear about uh, how about this? Uh Mikhail Bridges.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Very next pick.
1: Over, over, would you take him over Kevin Knox? I uh, gotcha.
0: Yeah. So if you're trying to be competitive right now, you take. Take Bridges. Bridges. If you are just bank, trying to bank on upside, then you take Knox.
1: Or Michael Porter, even further than that. So it's kind of right, like, yeah. I feel like you've got these three wing players all pretty close to each other. Kevin Knox, I feel like, is kind of in the middle of that where he does not have the same ceiling as michael porter jr but bridges would have been a much safer pick but we'll see we'll see i think it's um i mean i mean kevin knox he wasn't even really the guy in kentucky i mean i know he's he's young and he has a lot of upside but i just i feel like it's like you're gonna go one way or the other i think
0: he was supposed to be the guy and it didn't just the no didn't really work
1: i feel like you go one way or the other you get the safer guy which bridges i think was much safer or you go all out and you go for the home run pick, and Michael Porter Jr. So that's why this was a little bit of a strange pick to me. Would you take? Logically. Would you take Miles
0: Bridges over Kevin Knox?
1: No, you would not. No, no, I like Kevin Knox more than him. Hmm. But I know that's. A, I don't know. I think I might be lower on Miles Bridges than a lot of people are, though.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty high on him, but he went to the Hornets, so he's screwed.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh well <laughs> he's got Devonte <laughs>
0: there. They're gonna be great. Oh, yeah, oh, they did get Devonte, who I thought was going to the Hawks, and then I got really excited. and I was like, oh, I think I might actually like the Hawks, and nope. then he got traded.
1: I no, like, I gosh. mean, I think that I, I liked I mean he's from the Carolinas, so I think that's oh a yeah. cool fit for him. But that was uh, that was this is where yeah, so we so this is where the draft really got interesting was at number ten.
0: Yeah, this is uh, the saddest story in the draft uh, when Mikhail bridges, uh, who his mother works for the seventy sixers, played at Villanova, played at Villanova in the Philadelphia area. And gets drafted by the 76ers. It's like an amazing story. And then that story lasts for five minutes. And then Mikel Bridges is traded to the Phoenix Suns for the 16th pick, Zaire Smith. And? And a unprotected Miami
1: 2021 pick. First round pick. First round pick, yeah. And so what I've heard – so this is one where I didn't know this happened immediately. I wasn't paying, uh, paying as much attention. Maybe I was chatting it up or something. So I didn't really know that this was going down until a little bit later. Um, what I've heard is, is that Philadelphia did have the intention of keeping Bridges. Yeah. Uh, well they picked him. a perfect fit. And they <laughs> were going to keep him. But then when Phoenix came with an unprotected first-round pick – and a player and they liked, yeah, Well, obviously a yeah, player that they, they, they liked almost equally, who has a higher ceiling for sure. He's a freak athlete. Yeah, he's younger. And he's younger. That they just couldn't turn it down. And that was just such a bummer to watch. It just seemed like, because Bridges, I feel like, would have slid in and been a starter day one. I really feel that way. Oh,
0: like he would start over Covington? I,
1: I think I don't like Covington at all. I think Covington mm. has terrible shot selection. Yeah, he does. Come. And I think he's a ball stopper, too. Bridges would have just with him and Ben Simmons, he would have been able to slide in day one, Joel Embiid, and just have been a contributor right away, and that would have been so cool to watch. It just it just seems it just seemed so destined to be.
0: I guess they just think Zaire can just do the do sort of the he he's like not gonna be able to shoot like him for sure.
1: And I thought Zaire Smith was such a good fit for the Suns too. Yeah, it just those two it just it doesn't seem right to me. It just – it seems wrong because Zaire Smith seemed like he's – okay, you go with the young guy with more upside, higher ceiling, and then this guy who can start playing right away and be a contributor on a playoff team immediately and this champion player. Yeah. Like, that just – But the pick. But the pick You can't
0: say no to that unprotected – It's still Philadelphia we're talking about here. Yeah, you can't – and it wasn't – it's freaking – it's who's my Brett my Brown Brett yeah. Brown was the one who's who's making the pick it was or you know it's not even it's not even he's yet. the acting GM he's a head
1: coach yeah I mean because it's like you look at we don't know what Miami's going to be like in 2021 yeah Th- that they might have gotten the first pick in the draft we yeah. don't know that we'll, we'll vi- revisit that that seems like a long ways away like, but the, like Ro- the Royals are supposed to be good by that time
0: yeah but if you think about
1: it like what do what does Miami have they don't have anything they don't so they've got Whiteside who's older Dragic who's older they could be a they terrible could be a team. terrible team by then. I don't know. That's so far away that that's difficult to project.
0: And they're trying to shop Justice Winslow, and they're not going to get anything for it. You know, so no. it's like, I just i I understand what the Suns are doing, and I kind of like their makeup. Let's just actually, let's just jump right into that. Uh, so the haul that the Suns got out of this draft was DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, and Ellie Acobo, who is a great shooting point guard. Yeah, like he can shoot really well, that and it just seems it seems like they have like built a young core here that they can still like see how this year goes with Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, and whichever one of those is actually pans out, then they can move the other one. Yeah. It's probably going to be Bender.
1: I who or could honestly but Chris I think is better a good defensively. There's a good chance it's neither of them too. That's true. Um, they've they're they're in a tough spot right now. They got a they bunch are. of kids. They are they're in a tough spot right now. They need to do. But they, I would like to see them do is go out and see if they can just get some sort of veteran presence to be on that team.
0: They have Tyson Chandler and
1: Jared Dudley. I mean, I guess that is true. They do have that. But just more of that, because like yeah. you know when the 76ers did a similar thing? Yeah. I, I would kind of like, I'd be interested to see that. And, and I think it's important at one point you have these young players. You have all these great young pieces where there does come a point where it's like, okay, you have to start learning how to win games. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem like it's probably this year. No, It's probably, but it, that's just the thing about basketball and, and all these, and when we talk about the draft, such a huge factor, I, I go back to this over and over again, is, is the coaching and the environment and the culture of the team. And then, I don't know, I know we were only doing the top 10, b- and so we're not going to get to my favorite pick in the draft. Which is? Lonnie Walker to the Spurs. Oh, that is one of my favorites as well. <laughs> because it just it's one of those things where it's just like that that's like Donovan Mitchell to the Jazz last year. Yep. Was honestly Donovan Mitchell was sensational. I don't think if he goes to the Lakers instead, he doesn't have the year he has. I think he still would have been great. Or if he goes to even even Philadelphia, he might I think would have been good there obviously. He would've been great in both those situations. Yeah. But that situation Utah was just so perfect for him. And that's where I kind of feel like with, with like Lonnie Walker, where it's like, okay, you got this really talented player going into the best organization, some people say, in all of professional sports. One mm-hmm. of the greatest coaches yes. who's ever lived. Yes. And there's, there's minutes for him now. He's on an aging roster where he's going to have the ball in his hands, and he's going to get to go out on the court and learn from the best while playing the best competition. And I feel like it is a very similar situation to that, and that's why it's going to be like, like, oh, how did Lonnie Walker fall in the draft? People will say that, like Donovan Mitchell, how oh, how did he fall in the draft? It's like you have to give credit to the team as well. Yep. That they, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Quinn Snyder is a fantastic coach, and he got the most out of him. Or Jason Tatum, he got Brad Stevens. I think is the best coach in the NBA, mm-hmm. and he puts his players in a situation to succeed. And Popovich is going to do the same thing for Lonnie Walker. And that's why that's – yeah, that And turn. then they
0: have their backcourt of the future. You have DeJounte Murray, who
1: played pretty well last year. Yes, he and did. And you have Lonnie Walker. I think that's th- that looks really good. That's a good start. And, and to we'll, like see, we'll see with Kawhi Leonard. I think uh, he's overblown. I think people are, are just kind of like – they're not going to give him away for nothing. No. They're too smart. They're yeah. not stupid. They're not just going to give him away just to get him away. Right. He's too good, and they're too smart. They're going to be good again. Yeah. They're, they're going to be – and that, just, that pick just makes so much sense to me. And that's what I and I just see it in every sport, in every sport. As you say, you know, where when you try to predict the s- success of a pick or a player, there's just so many factors to that. And the one that is the most underrated by far is the situation they're in. Yep, hundred uh, percent.
0: Another another team that I w- that I really loved what they did was the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, addressed uh, drafted Josh Okogie from Georgia Tech uh, with the what pick is that the twentieth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, Keta Bates Giop falls to them mm-hmm. in the second round, and then you have two wing players that they they needed wing depth uh, that that play solid defense, and uh, Giop's a pretty good
1: scorer. Yeah, that is funny. Um, I was sitting next to an Ohio State fan who was just screaming about every team who passed on him. Yeah, and it was it was v- kind of annoying, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like okay, get over it. But I think yeah, I think that was another really good situation there. And gosh, we'll see. The Timberwolves, to me, I mean, this is a team that I follow closer than probably any NBA team. I've been to a few of their games and stuff like that, where I just don't, after this last season, I just don't know if they are going to have what it takes to be a championship team Mm -hmm. right now. Like, they're going to be perennially a low seed in the West. And that's fine. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. That really is. They're a good team. But there's going to be a certain point where either their players are going to have to take a humongous step forward or they're going to have to blow it up and start all over again. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's um, that's we're going to we're going to find out this year,
1: like basically where that's where that's going. They just don't have the shooting. They just don't have the shooting no. to uh. to be able to compete with uh, with a team like Golden State or Houston. And it doesn't seem like they ever really will be able to do that that their problems are so deep seated that you can't just add in little pieces for them to take them over the edge. Right. I mean, yeah, if Jimmy Butler would have been healthy what they maybe I think best case scenario you're talking about a you know, a five seed that gets bounced in round 2 by the by Golden State or Houston or a similar team of that caliber. So I'm I'm just extremely pessimistic about them. I was very yeah. disappointed with the year they had. Was, well, yeah, I think everyone was really. It's, it wasn't great. Uh, but I think adding two
0: um, guys that are going to be cheap for a while, yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a good thing for to have two rotational guys.
1: I just don't see them taking that next step though. No, it's just they're I don't know. I mean, and they in their cap situation isn't good either. Like it's like okay, maybe they could bring in a big time free agent, but they can't afford it. They can't. Yeah, they don't have the money. They're in. Yeah, they're kind of stuck with this team. I mean, it's like yeah, if Golden State brings in those guys, it's like great. But, yeah, Minnesota, they need somebody who's going to go in and make a huge difference for them to go over the edge. And maybe these guys can do that. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see in summer league how these guys play.
0: Um, we're starting to run out of time here, but I want to make sure uh, we get in some of the other picks we love, like some quick hitters. Uh, I like Robert Williams to the Celtics. That's an incredible pick. <laughs>
1: like That's just like that Spurs <laughs> pick, though. That's like, like Lonnie God Walker to how? the Spurs. Was we s- I was there watching him fall, and we're just like, watch him fall to the Celtics. He is exactly what they need. And and you see, I've heard some things about him, though, too, where that maybe he's a little bit lazy. Yeah, and his motor isn't very high. Like they, when Boston called him to draft him, he didn't pick up the phone. Oh, no. Yeah, he was taking a nap, I guess. I what mean,
0: if you start falling, I, I don't blame you. He was supposed <sighs> to go higher. It's a draft night. I mean, you better be awake, yeah.
1: Honestly, it's draft night. You're about to find out, like, This is the biggest night of your life. Yeah, and you're falling asleep. asleep. Like, how do you do that? How do you fall asleep during the draft? I cannot understand that. I don't either. You're waiting to find out which city you're going to move to. (laughs) I wouldn't (laughs) sleep that whole week. Maybe I'm just wired differently. Yeah. But that, to me, was just like, that blew my mind. Well, I
0: I, I don't foresee. I mean, he coaches a Morris twin, so, (laughs) like, I could see just Brad Stevens being like, all right, well, whatever that was, that's got to stop right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. No, I think it's a perfect situation. Yeah. Once again, where it's like, okay, he's going to um Atlanta, maybe he's a bust. Yeah. But when you talk about a guy that talented going to a team like Boston where he fits such a need for them, it just it just it's too perfect not to work out. Right. I mean, he's athletically just such an upgrade over Aaron Baines. Yeah, by a lot. I and mean, I thought Aaron Baines played great in the playoffs he especially. I really. was very impressed by him, but no, that's just that was just ridiculous seeing him go there.
0: You got you got one that you uh, really liked that was like maybe later that people didn't know about?
1: Well, I feel like one thing I have to talk about because that's deep in my DNA is about the KU players who got yep.
0: picked. <laughs> I have that here too, that the uh, Sfi <laughs> and Malik both went to the Lakers.
1: But yeah, the one thing was I wasn't sure. That was one thing where I, going to the draft and being there, I wanted to see a KU player's name get called really badly. And it would have been fun if it would have been a year where we had a higher pick. But yeah, seeing, um, I was actually walking out of the stadium because I was there for a long time, wanted Mm -hmm. to meet up and have, you know, do some stuff. I'm in New York, for Christ's sake. Right. I'm not going to spend the whole time there. I left, I was walking out, and then they call, you know, the whatever pick the Atlanta Hawks select Devontae Graham. Yeah. So I got to see that because I wasn't, I mean, nobody was sure if anyone from KU was going to get drafted this year.
0: Right. And it went on a run of point guards there. It was like Mm -hmm. Javon Carter, Devontae Graham, Uh, 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 Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, yeah.
1: Oh, Jalen Brunson to Dallas is going to be really interesting too, as they're back at point guard.
0: I mean, jogie Farrell's gone; he's yep. going to be
1: a free agent. So that's going to be. I think that's a really that was a, that was another pick to go back. But to get back to Devonte, yeah. um, was that was a really um, that was a really cool moment for me to see that, and then to see him immediately get traded to Charlotte was uh, was really really cool because I, I know he's he's from that area. Yeah, and then uh, I and then I'm on back on the subway going. Going back to meet my friends, and then I see on my phone that Mikhail Luke got picked shortly after. By the Lakers. If, if I would have known they would have gone in that area, I probably would, would have, have stuck around. <laughs> I heard Mikhail Luke really was just incredible in his workouts.
0: I don't understand how he fell so far. Uh, his
1: wingspan and his athleticism. Well, his his. Yeah. W- yeah,
0: but his uh, athleticism. Did you do you remember that game? Is near the end of the season, maybe in the maybe in the final four. Where he, like, jumped up to grab a rebound, and he jumped up over everybody and grabbed it one-armed oh.
1: one and brought it down. Oh, out. you mean um the second pick in the draft, Marvin Bagley? Yes. Yeah, he— He jumped
0: was over him, g- pretty much over him, grabbed the ball, and brought it down for a rebound. It was like, what? where did that come from?
1: As somebody who watched, you know, as a lot of us did, who, who are KU fans here, watched V. Luke play for the last four years at KU like god he was a frustrating player but you have to remember he was 16 yeah when he came over there so he's like only 20 or something like maybe 21 yeah. right now and so he's still pretty young for a senior 20. he's not yeah he's not like a normal senior right so he has some upside still And last year apparently he changed his diet he cut out junk food he got a lot quicker i mean obviously he can't make his arms grow longer that's the crazy one of the craziest stories was as crazy as um, mobamba 7 foot 10 wingspan Svi Luke has a six foot three wingspan and he's a six foot eight, <laughs> which makes it really difficult to guard. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the one thing I said about I remember talking to my dad about Svi Luke before the season. My dad was like, "Hey, do you think Svi could get drafted?" And I was like, "On one circumstance, if he shoots over forty percent from three, and he did, mm-hmm. he was phenomenal from the three point line, and any team could use it. It's like, yeah, his wingspan is six foot three, but he's still six foot eight. Yeah." And he shoots threes. So no, he's never gonna be his because I think a lot of the times in the second round you're looking for home run yeah. picks like these foreign guys you can stash. You know, he's just doesn't have that sexy upside as any of, of any of those players. So I get why he fell. I was just really happy to see him draft because it's like he's I mean, more than any some player from, you know, Africa who's, you know, never played against real competition in his life. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who played in the big 12 against top competition went to the final four he's six foot eight he can shoot lights out i mean yeah why not take a guy like that in the second that's what i would say like why not take a guy like that in the second that's a guy who could contribute
0: yeah i I was i was confused by his by his drop but i guess yeah wingspan does uh play quite a big part in that
1: yeah it's Uh, just that's the one thing where just you're looking i don't know just just getting just like watch the basketball games right at some point i mean yeah i love the athleticism i love the combine numbers and that stuff's definitely important but at some point it's like watch this kid play yeah he can play he can sit in the corner and he can shoot threes and that's very valuable in today's nba
0: uh do you have anything that you need to promote before we get out of here
1: oh yeah let's uh let's let's really uh, shift gears here <laughs> and get into the, uh, we the old. we got to music. we're running we're running out of time no it is um no, I've got a few shows coming up. Uh, main latest, I could start with Hembury, where we're playing Buzz Beach Ball in July. That's July 27th. Nice. And we are really, really looking forward to that. That's just going to be a crazy, cool lineup. So it was a good time. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, yeah, in, in Boulevardia. We played that recently, and that was just a blast. So Kansas City festivals have been just completely on point. And then, I don't know, by the time this podcast is out, middle of the map will have already passed, probably. Mm-hmm. But that's coming up, and my solo project is playing um, a pre-Middle of the Map show Thursday, July 28th at the Record Bar. And I'm with a really, really cool band called Magic Sword. They're awesome. And I am so, so excited to to be on that build because that's actually my solo project's Kansas City debut.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: And I just couldn't have asked for a, a better a show a, a better show to do that on. It's a yeah. great fit. and But uh, then my other show I have is I'm going to be playing at the Replay with my solo project on July 8th. What's we that called again? That's uh, Palazzolo. Palazzolo. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> These are important These details are important, here. Just minor, minor yeah, details. Yeah, the name of the project. And I'm going to be playing with my good friends from Austin, Texas, in a band called Memory Keepers. Cool. That's um, very similar, kind of electronic, um, dancey stuff. So it's going to be a Sunday night dance party in Lawrence. Nice. And, um, you know, get down and watch some kickball. <laughs> drink some beers and get down to some uh some weird electronic music there you go so um sounds yeah sounds like a good sunday no it is going to be a good sunday it's been a great summer it's been yeah, you know, so many good shows um so many cool events like a uh, mass street we're going to have a bunch of um uh, i work at the granada as well we're into our outdoor festivals again and those are all those street festivals where we had like the get up kids play last year we got the whalers coming back this year so no there's lots of fun things Fun things coming up in Lawrence. Uh, some good shows. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and then obviously the thing we're looking forward to most is definitely summer league, though, and NBA free agency.
0: Obviously, I yeah. mean that's
1: what else. Yeah, is there so much. Yeah, so <laughs> much more important <laughs> than uh, whatever's going on in my actual life. Yeah.
0: So we'll have to. Probably get back together here not too much longer after free agency is pretty much over, and we've seen Summer League, and now we know a lot more information about the league.
1: Absolutely, yeah, because that's the one thing about I really like about NBA is th- I think it's really cool how free agency comes after the draft. Yeah. I feel like that, that's a more natural way to do that. So, yeah, that's uh, i got a lot to look forward to in this year-round sports cycle. Oh, yeah.
0: All right, man, it was great to have you on. You're going to be back here soon.
1: Oh, yes, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was great. No problem, brother. See you next time.